The following is a Journey to Comics Network production. Hey, this is Veronica from Foodies Watching Movies, and you're listening to the Journey into Comics Network Best of the Week show. Highlights from all the episodes on the network this week. Enjoy. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Journey into Comics. Nate, I received a hell of a compliment. Sure. Uh, on our Instagram. And I love interaction with our listeners and fans. Uh, yeah. So I actually want to, like, since they replied and since they got back with us. And where was it? There was a comment. It's on the most recent post. Yeah, but it's not there now, now, like, now that I look at it. Oh, there it is. It is from the Covert Nerd Podcast on Instagram. And they said, great episode. Brando has so much passion and knowledge about the Star Wars universe. And that, that really hit me right here. Because it feels, man. Because you well, because do. I do. Uh, I'll be honest with you. I probably have more passion about Star Wars than I do about any comic book, any comic book character or or hero, villain. Like Star Wars trumps that to me. And so, like, pretty much, Star Wars is the only thing that I'm passionate about, uh, other than like paranormal investigating, which I haven't done in a long time. That I don't have a podcast about. Yeah. So, you know, I'm not saying I will, but there's always a chance that, you know, um, <laughs> maybe that, uh, you know, podcast racer uh, will happen or something. Pod racing, podcast racer. I see. I see what you, you know, did there. Episode oh, one. That's great. I think you would just call it the pod racer, right? Yeah, the pod racer. I don't know, dude. Um, it just, it would be really cool. Or track side for pod racing. Because it, think about it. Even when there's not movies going on, even if you don't, maybe you do like, I don't know, weekly would be a little difficult, I think, for me. Monthly would be easy. Monthly would be easy, um, especially to to do like a news roundup for what's been going on and everything. And then then every time they drop a film, it'd be really big, you know. You know, we do have a Patreon where we can give exclusive content. Maybe we can have an exclusive Star Wars podcast exclusively on our Patreon. Maybe, you know, maybe I, I have an idea for that. Okay, well, maybe we'll talk about it off air. <laughs> or maybe yeah. we can, t- I don't care, I don't care, I don't, whatever. But, you yeah, know I w- want to thank the Covert Nerd Podcast for, for, for listening and for that comment, because uh, I, I hope it does come off that I'm very passionate about Star Wars. A lot of fans are, you know, but... Uh, I really dug our episode on that. So if you guys haven't heard that yet, it's already pretty high up there with our plays, dude, for the last 30 days. It's, it's, it's the second most downloaded in the past month, and it's the, I think, third most downloaded in the past three months that's awesome. for us. Yeah, it's doing it's tracking really nicely. Oh, it's actually second in the last three months. Uh, that So that's really awesome, and I guess it's a testament to what we talked about. I think we we covered the spread. There was so much there. I was really grateful to have seen it a second time and then to be able to speak on it because I felt a lot more knowledgeable and like <laughs> the things. Well, it was just like, oh, I'm sorry. My brain is like when I hear sometimes and I hear you or anybody say something, my brain will say something like <laughs> not necessarily in response, but you're like, uh, you said I was so excited to speak on it. So I, I, I heard in my head, oh, I went, Dalai. Oh yo yo yo! Let me speak on this. Orale, arriba la raza. Awesome, Conan. I knew you were referencing that. That's great. 
He just couldn't. He just couldn't contain his excitement for Star Wars. I was so excited about Star Wars, and like I said, it was great to see it a second time. I loved getting to watch your guys' reactions to hear it for the first time. And you know, seeing the movie with you was really cool. I don't really react a whole lot to movies. Uh, if you noticed, I like I'm I'm usually like I'm I'm sucked in. Yes. Now Blaine, on the other hand, he's like miming. He's pantomiming stuff. Yes, he is. And he's jumping and he's reacting. At one uh, point, I thought he started to do Gungam style. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "What are you doing in your seat?" I think he was trying to, and then it was, you know. There's that whole scene that we won't spoil her. Which, by the way, for those of the people that listened to yesterday's Best of the Week, no spoilers in that. We made sure to not put any Star Wars spoilers. A lot of Star Wars talk on the network last week. No spoilers there, folks. Just wanted to give everyone's a heads up. That's a great um, thing because when we were designing, when I was thinking about the episode from 170, I, I did so now that we do the Best of the Week thing. I'm like, we need to have a segment that... That negates that because that's the last thing that I want to do is obviously if you're going to check out Journey into Comics, I didn't put spoilers in the description. Maybe I should have, but maybe I just sort of thought it was like the episode's called The Last Jedi. It's coming out the Monday after the movie came out. Obviously, I'm like, if anybody <laughs> listened to the episode says I got spoiled, it's like, well, it's it's a two hour podcast talking about The Last Jedi. How are we going to do two hours of that anyway? I'm really happy and I'm really proud of you for being able to do that because that is something that I had thought of uh, and, and thought of with that episode in mind, which is why we talked about uh, the Disney Fox stuff in our segment. Uh, is that the one Is that the one that you, that you used for that? Yeah, the Disney Fox stuff for our segment. Right, because I, I, I said, let's do that first. Let, let's pan that out. Because, I mean, there's only so much to say on that anyway, and it's probably going to be about the length of a, like that we used for the clip anyway. And then we could just go full bore into the spoilers. And then it's like a little bit of a, even if you did come in and didn't know that that, that, that this was going to be spoilers, we did give you a countdown. Uh, and then if you didn't shut it off, by the time one hit, you got spoiled on something big. <laughs> I, ju- I jumped the gun a little bit. I was excited. <laughs> I got a little too excited. I don't know. It was weird. It was one of those in-the-moment things. Uh, one thing I should also mention, we're talking about catching up and whatnot here. Uh, I had a little bit of a, a, I guess you'd call this a little bit of a tragedy happen in my family this week as our 10-year-old computer tragically died. And uh, that computer literally edited almost every journey into comics we've ever done that I've had anything to do with. Anything I've edited for the network was done almost exclusively on that on that all-in-one PC. So it was sad. Luckily, we got the hard drive out. Luckily, luckily, we've got some friends who have some cool techie shit that we can hook up to another computer, which we're using right now, Veronica's computer. She's so graciously letting us borrow so I can imminently be editing things like the best of the week in this show and whatnot. So uh, so that happened, and that was sucky, and uh, hopefully there's some uh, some cool stuff in the near future coming in the, in that regard that will uh, allow me to do this editing stuff a lot quicker. Because that's the goal, is to be able to do everything with ample speed. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one thing I will say about the all-in-one is sometimes she took a long time to edit those Audacity files down. You do a mix and render, and it should be only like 30 seconds, and it would be like 7 minutes and 45 mm-hmm. seconds, you know? You know, even on my PC, which is a lot newer than yours and has, you know, has, has, has a good run, I think it would take sometimes 
for the longer episodes, about two or three minutes. So yeah, see, like, and it was double or triple that sometimes. Right, and see, for the Star Wars, we only had four tracks. Five, if you include that one track that I created just so I could paste the I nudged him line. Yep. And that way, I, that way I could use that. Um, but, man, that was, that was a long and grueling episode to edit. So proud of it. You know, hopefully we'll get you another PC and another uh, something else to be able to edit on. Maybe, maybe yeah. something that's powerful enough to, to edit some video stuff as well. Oh, um, that would be incredible. Well, because I, I think you're in talks to possibly purchase one. And uh, if, if I know him and what he likes to buy, he, he kind of likes to buy kind of kind of top-notch stuff. All he, the bells and whistles. He likes that kind of stuff. So I'm hoping that it should be more than enough to run Pinnacle if I could find the stuff that I have. Because my Pinnacle is a bit old. I need to update it. Yeah. So I'm thinking around tax time. I'm gonna up update my pinnacle. I actually need to update my PC altogether. Um, which we've actually looked at, but time will tell if that's gonna happen because the ones that we're looking at are over a thousand dollars to be buddy. able to do. Um, what I wanted to do because I want to do streaming stuff. Uh, of course, we tried to do that a little bit a few episodes ago, and uh, it's there and it it worked technically. The video and audio is a bit off, but I don't know if it was just a stream. Or if it was me downloading it, because I had to download it in a workaround way, and then recropping an intro onto it, which that was just such a... Uh, I made that intro in like five seconds. So I'm like, I, 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 here, boom, boom, boom. Done, done, done. Okay, so we're good. What's funny is that, you know, for our intro, we it's a tribute to Adam West. And we yes, just, it is. You know, we, we, we've left it, and I think we're just probably going to leave that for a good while, because I like it. Me too. And so... I had I had the sound effect a little like you know from the from like the old Batman series, and what's funny is that I went and I downloaded a video clip, but I had to mute it because it tried to play it twice. So <laughs> so then I had to match it up with the other audio file. It, it's and it's actually not perfect. I don't know if you could tell, but I you know what it, tell. it's there, and we're gonna work out the kinks to be able to get a more live. Uh, stream there for that way it's a little bit more like at least you can see our faces and it was our very first attempt for that at all so I, I think it went relatively well all things considered now everyone has a favorite Christmas movie something that they've Always watch on this time of year, like It's a Wonderful Life, or those classic, like How the Grinch Stole Christmas, or um, Rudolph Red-Nosed Reindeer, the Claymation movies, whatever someone kind of goes to. And since probably my early double-digit years, late single-digit, I don't remember exactly when the first one came out, but I've always enjoyed the Santa Claus movies, the Tim Allen movies, where you know the whole story. He pits, uh, hears noise, goes outside, sees Santa's roof, he falls off the roof. He sees the guy disappear. He finds a note, says Santa Claus, whoever puts on the suit becomes Santa, he puts on the cloak. All that delivers presents becomes the new Santa Claus. So that's that whole story. 
And I loved it when I was a kid, and I recently re-watched all of the movies this time of year just because all three happened to be on Netflix, so I kind of burned through it in the few days leading up to Christmas. And while kind of scrolling through Twitter one night, I stumbled upon this uh, this Twitter story by this girl named Hannah Priest. And I was like, oh, this is really interesting. And it's uh, this whole story that she came up with. And it became a Distractify article later on that I'm going to kind of read for you now because I thought it was really interesting. I didn't really think about it this way. And I saw this before I actually went through and watched those movies. So when I watched it, I watched it with that in mind. And it really kind of changes the whole idea of the movie. So I'm going to kind of run through this article right now. Um, it's just, it's a distractive article um, written by Mustafa Gatalari. And it says, uh, Every so often I'll be browsing Netflix with a wife and kid and happen across a movie I was fond of in my childhood. I always get excited and want to share the joy of the film my son, and see his reaction to it. For the most part, he loves a lot of the same movies I did growing up. And when I watch the movies, I'm obviously stunned with how oblivious I was at how awful or brilliant the tr- these truly were, but also incredibly twisted as well. For example, All Dogs Go to Heaven is a scary movie for kids to watch that deals with a lot of adult themes. Some that I only really picked up on when I began seeing clips of it now that I'm a responsible grown-up who pays rent and doesn't raise shopping carts to the supermarket most of the time. So when Twitter user Hannah Priest started a thread about a deranged holiday movie that manages to hide how deranged it is to its viewers, I was interested, especially because it was the household favorite of my family's, The Santa Claus starring Tim Allen. You may say to yourself, no way, this movie is fun for all ages, it's a holiday classic. It's got a great message. Well, that all may be, or may not be true, but it doesn't change the fact that The Santa Claus is absolutely bonkers in an evil way. Check out Priest's thread reasoning here in this epic Twitter thread. And Hannah Priest's Twitter handle is at SheWolfManC. So, at S-H-E-W-O-L-F-M-A-N-C if she has any other ideas going forward. So she says here, um, a few days ago, Here's a little festive question for you. What is the most stone-cold, brutal, horrific Christmas film ever made? Then someone responded, Black Christmas by far, Christmas evil, a close second. People gave their best guesses, but they were ultimately wrong. She said, good guesses from everyone, but pull up a chair for a truly seasonal hot take. The most horrific the most horrific Christmas film, or rather trilogy, is The Santa Claus. Oh, yes. I'm not talking about what happened to Scott Calvin and his transformation to Santa, or the fact that SC2 belongs to the Santa Finds a Wife subgenre, which is always creepy as hell. To recap, when Santa falls off his roof, Scott Calvin puts on his suit and instantly becomes the new Santa. It's all fun and frolics, and the elves explain that this is the Santa Claus. The creepiness begins early on because the roof Santa actually dies on screen, quite slowly, and that's the only reason Scott can take on the role. None of the elves in the North Pole mourn the dead Santa. Bernard just refers to him as the other Santa and shrugs it off. They just cold-heartedly accept that roof Santa is gone, and now they work with Scott. It's not just human, though. Elves disappear after hundreds of years, and no one cares. In... Santa Claus 1, Judy says she spent the last 1,200 years prefer- perfecting her cocoa recipe, but she's nowhere to be seen in Santa Claus 2. She's just casually replaced with another cocoa maker and never mentioned again. It turns out that not just the first film, but the entire series is really, really messed up. And let's take a minute to consider Bernard. He's a huge part of SC1 and SC2, and he's just absent in SC3. Curtis is now elf number one, and no one mentions Bernard. But this is far from the worst bit. Trust me, I've got so much more. 
Everybody's attention now. Uh, but well executed. It, it makes me excited for other gimmicky matches. Will we get a World War Three? Who knows? I severely doubt that. Yeah, that was like the biggest shit show WCW ever came up with. It's Dude, like, it's so the difficult. Royal Rumble has got thirty guys. <clears throat> Fuck you. We got sixty guys. We're gonna. And one of them is L Dandy. And one of them is the cameraman. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I, I hated it because, like, how they would show it to you, they would show, like, the split screen with, like, tiny little screens, and you can't see what the hell's going on. Oh, not at all. It was horrible. Horrible. Imagine being the announcers, like, uh, which one? Do, uh, 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 and Luger. Luger over there in the corner. And, oh, uh, actually, it looks like Luger's been eliminated. He, he might have been eliminated uh, five minutes ago. <laughs> We're not <laughs> sure. <laughs> L Dandy. L Dandy with the win. What is going on here? No, wait. Never mind. It. We still have guys in the other rings. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so, yeah, there's that one. Uh, next on the list for match of the year. <laughs> All right, so if L is, like, the, does that mean his name is The Dandy? <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> <laughs> I think we got the episode title <laughs> The Dandy <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why you called him The Dandy <laughs> <laughs> I'm still sick, guys. I'm sorry. If you listen to Journey to Comics, uh, I tried my hardest not to cough, and my cough got so much worse. And it's like I have like this barking cough, and now it's like today is like, oh man, I feel I, I kind of feel better with my cough, and then I start laughing so much, and I just can't do anything but cough. Oh damn! Whew. Okay, I'm alive. I've survived here, folks. Uh. <laughs> Oh, man, oh, I need a drink. Away from the dandy. Back to the hordes. Away from the dandy. It's Nate just keeps cracking me up because every time he's like... Okay, I got this. It's, and then he just, it just, the dandy keeps creeping back into his head. <laughs> he can't. I'm envisioning even. typing it into Podbean and saying what the episode title is, and I'm going to lose my shit and laugh really hard. <laughs> so I was just laughing now. Okay, back to it. Ugh. Shane versus AJ Styles, WrestleMania 33. There are so many moments in this match. This is such a physical match. And it's not only physical, it's so personal. It's a personal match. AJ feels well, screwed over by Shane. And there are, I mean, there's a, a Uma Plata moment that's like, uh, I think Shane has AJ in the Uma Plata. AJ reverses it into a pin. One, two. Shane reverses it into another pin. One, two. They come out of it. 
Later, there's like a Pele kick that ends up landing on the uh, ref. The ref goes down, another Pele kick on Shane. There's uh, a couple big bumps one time through the announce table. AJ moves, and Shane goes through it. Uh, there's a, oh my God, there's a moment where Shane does this huge back body drop to AJ, and he like floated in air before he flipped. It was like a stunt in a movie. Overall, I thought this match was just very well done, phenomenally told. There's a little haha. Ah, uh, this match was the opener of WrestleMania this year, and what was awesome about it is that it, is that it had a nice, cool build to it. It didn't come out swinging. It, it, it didn't come out flying all over the place. It slowly got there, and this match. I don't want to say this because it, I don't want it to sound like I'm like dogging it. But it was better than it had any any like meaning to be, you know. Like it was way better than it had ever right any right to be because Shane is not like the best wrestler anywhere. But again, you have AJ Styles, there, and there's a common th- there, here's, here's a, there's a theme here. When he's out there, you're gonna get something great, whether it's the gre- best match on the card or something memorable. And I feel like honestly, I feel like this is the best match on the card. These two guys brought it, and this was also the beginning of his face turn. Absolutely. And and changing the guard of the character with AJ Styles and taking him away from the heel, which he did great at. You know, here's the thing is that AJ Styles, here's a guy that 10 years ago, great worker, but he was a little one-dimensional with his character. And now here we are all these years later, and you can, all right, we want you to be heel. Okay, now we want you to be face. He can do anything, man. Yeah, and he can. He is an all-star. He is a megastar. As advertised, and phenomenal. Exactly, dude. And this match was absolutely amazing. I remember, you know, that weekend for us, a uh, big, long weekend, we had the LafiCon, and I got home, and the Battle Royal was going on. So the ma- so the match hadn't started yet, thankfully. And I remember just, I, um, I'm home, and I'm waiting for food to show up, and I'm, like, still kind of coming down from the busy weekend trying to relax and this match is it's, it's like it started and it didn't have me and then it slowly it as i said the build and it built and it built and by the end of that match it was amazing i loved it you gotta think that uh shane did the uh corner to corner with the garbage mm-hmm. can uh <clears throat> aj wins with a phenomenal forearm at the end of the night uh, just, yeah, very, very, very good match here. Now, I put this on last minute, but the Lesnar-Joe match at Great Balls of Fire, we already talked about it a little bit, was really great because Joe was the aggressor for 97.5% of the match, and there was mm-hmm. just a little blimp of this Lesnar that's still a monster. And, 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 and it does tell an interesting story because it's like, Joe did everything. He literally took him to the limit, hit him with all kinds of moves, threw him into the tables, threw him into the corner, you know, hit him with all these different moves. And Lesnar then just, boom, hits him with the pop-up F5 match over. And it just, it does tell a good story. Is it the best match on the match of the year contenders? No, but it's good. Brandon, what do you think? You know, uh, I enjoyed the match when I saw it for sure. But if you're going to, like, ask me out of these four matches... Which one do I pick? Yes, sir. I'm going for Cena Styles Rumble. We're gonna have to use the randomizer because I'm going Styles Shane McMahon. 
All right. WrestleMania so 33. Back. We are going to go Rumble. We're going to type that. I'm going to ask Brando a question while he's doing this, though. What's that? So, Brando, we talk about the common thread that AJ Styles is the phenomenal one. He could work with anybody. Does that mean he could have a five-star match with the Dandy? <laughs> the Dandy? Well, I have no doubt. Oh, that's great. Uh, now, <laughs> now, just imagine, just imagine, like, if AJ Styles... Versus Okada versus Omega in Japan. How many stars that gets? Ten. It gets all of the stars. That is a dandy of a score. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, son of a bitch! All right, so here we go. Are you ready? Three, two, one. The random picker has chosen the Mania match: AJ Styles versus Shane McMahon. To be the match of the year for Journey to Wrestling. Wow. Okay. Both both are both both are worthy of the title, and both AJ Styles. Hey, man, there you go with the whole uh, with the whole theme of same thing. So now you know what we're gonna go to tag team of the year because I f- I feel like we can have some pretty cool conversations here. My pick, my first pick here, uh, was the Bar. And that's Cesaro and Sheamus. And it, it, the reason why it's significant that I pick them is because I was so anti them teaming up to begin with. I, I hated the end of their best of seven. I hated the fact that they were teaming up. I, th- I thought this is, this is derailing Cesaro in an era where he could really shine as a single star. But instead, what we, we've got what I consider to be like a Hollywood blonde situation where you had stunning Steve Austin and you had flying Brian Pillman were put together as a tag team. Why? They don't know. Uh, their their purpose was never to get over. It was never to become the big, the best or the biggest tag team on the roster. Their role was to put other people over. And what we have here is a is a team that have truly become a team. You know, the Blondes, uh, they ended up getting their own look, their own style. You know their own little catchphrases, their own little monikers, the whole highlight. You know the, you know the like like the film and the reel. And then now with the bar, they have the matching outfits and the and the and the uh, the kilts, and then they they have their own little like hand symbols. They do like the fusion ha thing, and they and they have their own like their own gimmick about them. And the only thing that I don't like is that they don't have the bar music. They don't have like. They don't have like a like they do the whole Cesaro thing first, and it works, I guess. But then they just have Sheamus's music at the end, with and I feel like they should really embrace it and do something where and instead of Sheamus walking out, and then the Sheamus thing, and then they're like that. I think the whole thing should come up when they're both like that on the stage, almost like Jer- like the Jericho thing, and then have it go around anyway, but. Uh, they have really stepped up. They become, in my opinion, the best team in the entire company. Ooh, that's arguable. On the mic, on the mic, in the ring, their their work. They are. What's awesome here is that I really feel like both of these guys. They're not looking at this as a thing that oh, I'm just going to do this for a while until I have my next singles push. They're doing this to become the team right now. And they're like, well, you know what? They put us here. Then let's run with it and let's make it great. Because now they're gonna now, in my opinion, they outshine almost everybody. 
almost everybody. I've, I've been with them for so long. Yeah, absolutely. They're like um, people. It, it's weird because with radio, and it's funny, we were talking about this off air earlier, the whole uh, spoiler alert. There's a reference to something I'm familiar with that comes in Drunkastrophe, the Ellis show, right? Linder talked about it. Actually, he didn't talk about that until after we were done really? recording. Oh. Yeah, the live stream kept going for another two, three minutes. <laughs> Well, it was really interesting because I was watching the live stream and he, somebody had said that they found your show through, I had posted an Ellis yeah. fam, a live stream. I think his name link. was Travis Anderson. Okay, cool. Uh, Shout out. <laughs> yeah, but uh, it was weird because I just, if if you're doing a podcast or episode, I post it in places where I think people will like it. And I did that on Ellis thinking, well, maybe some Ellis fam will come check it out and they're not going to know podcastrophy and that's okay because they'll enjoy it. Yeah. And it was weird to hear Linder bring that up. Like, of course, it was off air. But uh, because it's it just they, the Ellis fam and stuff has had such a huge impact with me and it was cool to see it uh-huh. kind of like brush off to you guys. That's that, Yeah, it's really cool. And I, I really enjoyed hearing uh, Dave Linder and company um, just repeatedly drunkenly yell red dragons oh, yes. over and over again. <laughs> yes, amazing. That's uh, It was great. It was great. Yeah, that's just that's a part of the culture with Ellis fam and red dragons and being a wolf knife and there's a lot of a lot of stuff that goes with that. It's like almost a different part of me, you know, uh, in 2009 or 10 Sarah bought her car, it came with Sirius. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jason Ellis show is on Sirius. And man, that early stuff is what got me wanting to even do my own show before I knew what I yeah. wanted to do. I was like, I want to be a fucking radio. Like, I'll fucking be the king of radio, you know? <laughs> and it is it is difficult and it's real. But that just listening to Ellis, like, really pour his heart out about real shit that was happening. This is before he kind of got macho big time. Yeah. Uh, and, of course, he's been through therapy and is a different person now. So that's a whole different story. But during those times, I made a lot of friends and a lot of people throughout the country that I have a lot in common with. And they're Ellis fam. And we have bonds that go beyond speaking. We don't need to talk to each other for months on end. And we do crazy shit for each other. And Ellis fam, someone who I'm really close with, this guy named Dylan, was at our last show. He just showed oh, up. Oh, awesome. He's like, hey, I'm coming in. I'm going to be at your show. How, how far away did he travel? He was only about 40 minutes away because he okay. moved to Chicago recently. But he had lived in, like, England and oh, Georgia shit. and fucking uh, uh, St. Louis. And it, we had always tried to link up. I think we linked up once last year. And he was like, I'm gonna, I'm definitely coming to your guys' show on the 16th, and he did, and it was awesome to see him. Um, so it's, it's really cool to just have like a constant reminder of the great times of Ellis fam and Ellis community, and doing the Ellis Mania events. I think you would have great fun going to an Ellis. Mania oh yeah, event. I'm, you know me, I'm generally down to do well, basically anything. At Ellis Mania, they have crazy ass fights. So they have oh. like the electric dog collar fight where four dudes are in the ring and they're blindfolded and they have electric dog collars on their necks and they're getting shocked at 11 by judges who are just sitting there shocking the <laughs> shit out of them while they can't see and they're trying to punch other competitors. gets pretty interesting. Or the musical chairs fight. There's a bunch of chairs in the ring. The music's going. A bunch of dudes are going around the ring. The two dudes who don't get seats fight. Oh, Whoever's shit. last standing wins. Like, they do crazy, crazy matches, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh 
so that's just a, that's just I'm just rambling now about about <laughs> Ellis Fam, but it it is it was a fun time in my life, so mm-hmm. I do like reflecting on that. Yeah, speaking of like the radio stuff and uh, podcasting in general, you invited me to uh, a few groups a few months ago, and because of that, like I got to know a little bit more about the podcasting world. It's it's afforded me opportunities to. Uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm gonna not gonna lie. I haven't checked out any of their podcasts at all, because <laughs> uh, I I I have a whole network of podcasts that I listen to, and it's called the Journey into Comics Network, and I I need to stay up to date on that. Uh, on top of the couple other podcasts I listen to. So, uh, with that being said, like I don't have really a lot of time for other podcasts. Uh, but no, like I I got to. Uh, meet. I got to see like all the different types of podcasts. Like I didn't know true crime podcasting was a thing. There are too many fucking true crime <laughs> podcasts. Not I didn't know. Off. I didn't know there were scripted podcasts. Like what? Yeah, what? dramas. Well, it, you know, it's weird because I think that technically speaking, audio dramas exist before and have always existed before podcasts. Yeah. yeah. And the idea of turning an audio drama into a podcast is just like just a new place to share something that yeah. they already do. And I'm not knocking it whatsoever. Oh no, I know you're not. Um I mean I mean speaking of audio dramas wasn't it uh uh Orson Welles broadcast of The War of the Worlds? Yes, absolutely. Awesome. That I love that whole story how like people were freaking out thinking it was real. Uh but anyway, anyway. So uh you, I've I've been on these uh groups for a minute. Uh, there's a podcasting smarter group. There's the podcasters hangout group. Those are cool. Uh, then there's the uh, podcast we listen to group, which I think was the first one I joined. And I've had a struggle with that group for a minute. Uh, not with the community, which I, I will. Uh, <laughs> so please, please today. All right. Yes. Today, just a sh- few short hours ago, uh, I saw a post in the community uh, from one of the admins, I'm assuming. Yes, it, it was. And the admin was complaining about people posting within the group saying, uh, I don't know if this is against the rules, but um, if you if you want, just delete it anyways. Um, and he was complaining about people that do that, saying just read the rules or contact one of us and ask us. And I was like, my my... My only comment was, okay, some people have anxiety and they get anxiety about messaging people directly. Me too. Yeah, I, I get that all the time. And someone, and I the the post went on. Uh, I screenshotted most of it. Uh, let's see. It said, just read the rules if it follows them. If you're, if you're wrong and it's not okay or some gray area, the, the admin will tell you. And I said, it just seems like a senseless thing to bitch about. In my opinion. <laughs> and then one of the admins, Deanna, <laughs> said, if you were an admin and had to deal with these every day and 90% of them aren't okay, you'd bitch too. Then don't and, be an admin. Yeah. It, basically, I, I'm i tired. I got very tired of this, uh, of the admins of this group just... Yeah. So someone else said, so your logic is... This makes me slightly uncomfortable. So since my feelings are are more important than the admins, I'll just go ahead and saddle them with stress. Fuck you. Yeah, that's <laughs> not going to name you, but fuck you. And my my final reply to this before I left the group 
which I'll get to that in a sec. I'll get to me leaving the group in a second. Said so I said, no, I'm just saying that could explain why so many people don't just message the admin. Not that I'm a huge proponent for the fragile, I have anxiety and can't do anything because of it lifestyle. But anxiety makes people do weird things and makes shit like communicating to someone very difficult. I went on to say, I'm probably about to leave this community. Will I be missed? Nah. <clears throat> have fun, guys. I just can't be part of such a cunty community anymore. My podcast isn't about how many views, fans, listens I can get. It's about conversation and fun with my friends. So, enjoy. First, I would like to... Wow. Okay, so my dumbass. <laughs> I'm looking at the screenshot and I see the notification and I and actually tried clicked to click on it. The oh, that's great. Rookie. So, <laughs> first and foremost, I would like to apologize to the actual community of people. You guys did nothing wrong. Uh, I, w- I guess I should have uh, said it better and said the cunty admins of the community. That's, <laughs> that's a bird towards my uh, video feed. If uh, any of them are watching, they can go fuck off. Probably not. They probably won't. No, watch probably it not. Here's the thing. You know, I don't mean to. I don't want to bash or do a bunch of like what happened to you. I think is horseshit. Because here's one thing I know about podcasts we listen to is they talk about how they want to build this great community. How there's such oh, yeah. a large community of people. But if you're not an admin, don't advertise your shit there because it's not acceptable. Yeah. And I think that's kind of bogus because really it's Facebook. It, Yes, every community has rules, but it shouldn't be limit how you advertise to yourself because you might be in a situation where you're conversing with someone and they bring something up and your your best response is, well, shit, there's actually a show on my podcast network that I'm a part of. Which I've would done. be perfect for you. Which I have done. Exactly. And, and, you know, I have no remorse for that. I think that we're in a day and age now where we're all motherfucking gunslingers and you have to be able to be willing to promote your shit and stand up uh-huh. to people who don't want you to promote your shit. Like why are some podcasts getting so far ahead and other podcasts are doing like so much real work and actually genuinely love it. And they're not getting ahead, but the people, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And that's like that with like really any um, um, business model. Another time I've spoken my mind and in my very blunt manner that I tend to do. Hell yeah. Uh, you, uh, they post, there was another admin, I guess stating in my opinion, bitching uh, about people posting live feeds and oh, which we've sorry. done in that. And it's whatever. I kind of agreed with their point. Uh, like it made sense. I'm like, okay, fine. But anyway, so I got a message request and I'm, and I see it's from this Deanna and dun, dun, dun. she tell, and I, I was like, Oh, this is going to be good. I got to accept this. So she says, you're banned from podcasts we listen to. There's no need to call a successful 16K member community what you called us. Do not request membership in the future. Followed by a screenshot of my comment like I didn't know Know what what I said. said. (laughs) Um, I agree. There was no need for me to call the community of 16,000 people who probably not 16,000 even pay attention to it. Not anymore. Um, You're right. Deanna, there was no need for me to call 16,000 people cunty pieces of shit, I guess. However, fuck you and all your admins. Uh, I replied, I left, period. That's okay, period. She replies, she continues to reply, 
Oh, so this <laughs> there, there's on. more. Wow. I, I sent the screenshots to of this conversation and the post to uh, was... the Journey into Comics group chat. I was driving. He, Nate was driving, but uh, I, I said, I left. That's okay. She comes back with, and you won't get back in. Anxiety must not be that bad today since you're, since you're full of such strong words. I said, I replied with, as I said, period. That's okay, period. <laughs> like, I'm not going to feed into this. No, you're like, just like shutting it down. Yeah, I, I don't give a... F- I left the group. Good luck. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Game Addicts Podcast, the show where we talk about the modern and retro video games that we play and collect. I'm your host, Brando, and today we're going to take it easy, and we're going to take a look back at some more pickup videos like we did a few months ago. Basically, guys, what this is is, well, a few years ago, I'd say probably around 2014 or around about, uh, maybe 2015, I started like cataloging my pickups for the Journey into Comics YouTube channel. Of course, this podcast spawned from that, essentially. It was just me making some extra video content that I talked about sometimes during the podcast. And the Game Addicts podcast spawned from those videos and some of my solo casts I was doing on the Journey into Comics channel at the time. And what I thought would be pretty cool is when we're on the down low, when there's not a lot to talk about, when we have some holidays or whatever, take a set, you know, take a, you know, seat back and not think about too much about what kind of show we're going to do. And let's look at some of these old pickup videos that never made it over here to this channel and were the genesis of what this podcast became. Because, of course, we started doing pickups within the podcast. That's like the first thing we try to do each and every podcast. Do we have any pickups? Well, let's talk about them, man. Let's see what we got. And so what we're going to do is that we're going to go back and then in like into the time machine here and we're going to go and we're going to look at, I believe it's the very end of the year of 2014 or yeah, 2014. We have November, um, all my pickups for November of 2014 and then my pickups for December of 2014. And we're going to take a look at both of those videos. First up for November, we have coming off of my, one of my biggest months in game collecting. It was... In October of 2014, I got a really big NES deal. I went up north, up towards Nate, the uh, you know co-founder of the Journey Comics Network and podcasts and all that kind of stuff. You could check that out on JourneyToComics.com. But I went up and saw him, spent a bunch of money up there, came home with a bunch of stuff. Well, now, uh, just a few weeks after uh, that, I made another big NES haul. And I'm talking really big. It's one of my biggest catches for the amount of money that I spent, you know, at all. So... Uh, let's shoot it over to myself back in November of 2014 talking about these pickups. Hey guys, Brando here again with my November pickups. And I'm running a little behind with this one. Work's been crazy. Uh, you know, I'm the holiday season and everything, and I'm starting to feel a little under the weather, so please bear with me in this video. But I've, I've got quite a bit to go through. I, I had another really big NES haul for November and some Black Friday stuff. So let's, let's just get right down to it. So first, uh, I actually, I've had this for a little while, 
but I hadn't got it working and I just got it working and got it cleaned. It is the uh, Adventure of Link, Zelda 2 for the NES Gold Cartridge and it's a, it's a little beat up. I don't know if you can tell on camera. And you know, it's got some good scuffs on it and uh, it's actually a donation earlier in the year from a coworker of mine, so thanks Aaron for this. And um, so I believe it was kept in like a garage, you know, just kind of like haphazardly, you know, stored and everything. So the fact that it, it you know, that it, that I got it to work is, I'm kind of including it in this because I've had it for a while, never had an NES to test it out or do anything with it. But so, but as of like November, I've been able to get it to work and have some fun with it. So Zelda 2 and the other one that he actually donated, but I actually got in the hall as a, like a duplicate. And that was Mike Tyson's Punch-Out. And you're, you're gonna see in my NES videos, I have the uh, black sleeves on some of them. And the ones that I have in the video that have the black sleeves actually have the uh, manual with them. I actually ended up having this manual stored away because that same co-worker uh, donated a bunch of manuals just randomly. And I got some manuals with the haul as well. So I ended up getting uh, Mike Tyson's Punch-Out. I also ended up getting Arkanoid. If you guys are familiar with the little ball breaker game with the little, um, well, that little platform and you hit the ball up around. Arkanoid is basically that with power-ups and everything. Um, I don't know if this was the first one that had the power-ups, but you know, I've heard a lot about Arkanoid. When I saw it, I actually, you know, from the little label, I pretty much knew exactly what it was. So, Arkanoid. Um, okay, I lied on this one. This one has a sleeve, no manual, but this one is uh, Arkista's Ring. I knew absolutely nothing about this until I, I found it in the, uh, in the hall but it's a game released by Sammy, and I recognize the name. Uh, be honest with you, I'm not too familiar on games that they produce or you know what other games they put out. I'm gonna have to look into it. But Arkista's Ring and uh, baseball, baseball. <laughs> uh, this is actually one of three baseball games that I got. This one was in the hall though, and I've actually got some other games that I uh, traded because I, I got a Legend of Zelda gold cartridge in the hall as well. And uh, a buddy of mine really wanted one and I traded it away for about, you know, five games or whatever. I think it was six, but one of them was a duplicate. And two of the games that he gave me were bases loaded one and two. So that kind of, you know, fits my baseball kick there. Uh, this one I had never heard of prior to this hall either. Um, Wood and Water Rage, pretty much kind of like a, a an extreme sport surf skateboard thing. I never saw any surfing because I never got past the skateboarding, but you know, it is what it is. This one, I was really excited because I, anytime you see a, you know, a, a cartridge that is not gray, that means it is an unofficial, unlicensed Nintendo game. And of course, this is by Tengen, a they are an offshoot of the Atari company. So they released a game called Super Sprint. And eventually, I think they ended up having some sort of like, lawsuit or settlement for releasing these titles. I think there were about nine of them or ten of them in these black style cartridges. So, I mean, it was really cool to see because, you know, uh, having never owned an NES or only having knowledge of this from other YouTubers and whatnot, it was really cool to get something that was kind of, you know, off kilter from everything else. And one of my really big surprises for the haul, I mean, there were quite a few games in here that I was that I've been very well aware of, but one of the very first NES games I ever played, and it has a slipcover with no manual, so I'm a complete liar. RC Pro-Am, 32 tracks of racing thrills. I remember being at my cousin's house, and 
I was uh, spending the night there for the very first time and I was very uncomfortable and having a hard time adjusting and one of the things they did to calm me down was I played a little bit of RC Pro-Am and I sucked at it just as, as much as I suck at it now. <laughs> so, but I, but I absolutely love it. It brings back so many memories. Um, yeah, skate or Die. Another skateboarding game that, I, that came in this and this one I actually heard of but I never played. So I really have no opinion on it too much. But Kung Fu. I I really like these, you know, some of these original NES games like the baseball where it's just like it's very self-explanatory. <laughs> you see a guy, you know, you know, throwing a roundhouse kick or whatever, and it and pretty much that shows you what move you need to do throughout the entire game. Because punching is pretty much useless. You need to kick everything. Kick everything to death, just like Chuck Norris. Um, the classic Mario Brothers. I don't know why I hesitated. The classic Mario Brothers, but yeah, you know, I, I was, uh, this was another one that I was really happy to see. And there's another one that is a arcade classic that was in this that I was really happy to see as well. But uh, I remember playing this. Was it the I think it was on what Mario Three that had a version of the original Mario Brothers that you can play. Um, one of a couple of LJN games. I think they're in there. At least I know this one. Uh, they did a lot of like license games that were really bad, and Jaws. Um, I didn't play too much of it, but Jaws. It's very repetitive, but that's pretty much it. Uh, another game that I got in my little trade with my buddy Rob uh, was Jordan vs. Bird, one-on-one. -on -one. And we actually played this, and he totally stomped me at it. I had no idea what, he was, what I was doing, and I don't think he'd ever played it before, but I guess that goes to show you just how good I am at sports games. Now, when I got this, I, it, it reminded me instantly of the Angry Video Game Nerd. You know, he's done so many videos on other games, but for, the, for some reason this one sticks out in my mind, but Fester's Quest. I actually never heard of this before I saw his video. Yeah, I thought it was kind of weird that they had just an offshoot game from Fester from the Adams Family. Running down people with like a big, like, was it a big, like, gun or whatever, collecting light bulbs. But yeah, Fester's Quest. Another puzzle game here, it is uh, Orb 3D. I tried playing this and I really didn't get the knack of it. I wasn't very good at it, so Orb 3D is pretty much all I had to say about that one. Um, again, okay, I was right. LJN, and it's Friday the 13th, and hey, I happen to have the manual with it. That's kind of cool. So uh, I remember also this from the Angry Video Game Nerd. I never played it before I got it, but it, it's pretty horrible where you're throwing rocks and that dang alarm going off where you gotta go try and rescue the kids across the dang map. Not a too enjoyable experience. Never heard of this again before Hall. And that is Top Secret Episode Golgo 13 by Vic Tokai. I had never heard of it, so Golgo 13. Another really self-explanatory game, Golf. Now this guy sort of resembles um, Mario, but I don't think it, it was there a Mario Golf with the NES? Was there a, something about, like, with, I remember there being something like, like, Head Mario or Mario Golf. I don't know if that was on the, uh, maybe there's one on the game, I don't know. But I just seem to remember like a friend of mine's dad playing Mario Golf for some reason. Another puzzle game, Tetris. Now, I don't know um, if I have included this before in a video, but I want to say I got it. In it I got it in this hall, and maybe um, 
No, 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 okay, it was in another video. I got it in this haul, and then it was along with the tray that I made with my buddy. He went ahead and just threw it in because he had a double of it as well. Um, another, uh, you know, DS straight shooting series, pinball, where you play pinball. Now, they have this little guy down here running around, and I didn't play too much of it to see if this little Mario clone is actually in pinball, but I didn't see anybody in there like that. Now, this one, I was really excited, and it was pretty much the last one that I saw in the haul and had no idea that it was in there. River City Ransom. I absolutely loved this game growing up. It was so much fun and I loved playing uh, and beating up all those guys and have their, having their like little sayings when you beat them like Blarg and you know, Mama and all that stuff. That was really fun. Puzzle games. More and more puzzle games. Dr. Mario. Now I've always sucked completely at Dr. Mario. So I mean it was it's cool to have it and it's a must have but I hope I get better and I think I need practice. Excite Bike. I was really happy to see that this was in here. I got a lot of big titles out of the way just in this one haul. And I got actually all these games plus a you know the original system, which I'm not gonna include in the video because you guys have obviously seen one before. And plus I have it apart working on it. So, you know, terrible planning on my part. But I got everything for like 60 bucks. And I, the guy that I bought this stuff off of on Craigslist, he asked me, you know, are you, did you read, you know, all the uh, descriptions? Are you, are you sure you want this? The system's kind of in poor shape. And I'm like, dude, yeah, sure, I want the games. You know, I already have a system. Now this one was really random because I had never heard of the damn game, and I just happened to have the uh, the manual for it that my coworker donated the games and a bunch of manuals you know, back in earlier the year, and that is a game called Dragon Spirit. And I just happened to get it in the hall, and I already had the manual without knowing anything about it. So that's quite a coincidence there. Um, if I remember this one, is this the one that's like the rail shooter? It's been a while since I tested all this stuff out, so please excuse me if I'm completely wrong on that, but I'm pretty sure that's what it is. And this one is Destination Earth Star. Now, this one was a really neat little like space shooter where you, you had like this little grid, I believe, and you have to like find your way around it and f find the enemies and shoot them. And it, it just seemed like it took absolutely forever. And I don't know if there's a quicker way to play the game, but it just it wasn't my cup of tea at all. I said there was another uh, arcade classic, and that is the original Donkey Kong. Now, I have the uh, Donkey Kong Classics, which has the original and then Donkey Kong Jr. But I guess this one was released first. Uh, I would assume so anyway, but this one along with some of the other games in here more than equaled out to like the worth of the a lot that I got out of everything. So I thought that was just so cool to have the actual original along with the, uh, the other bundle thing that I have. So this one that I got, it was the last one in the trade that I did with my buddy Rob for that Legend of Zelda. That was Double Dragon. I got Double Dragon 2 in the last haul in October, so um, he... He asked me kind of what I wanted, and he mentioned Double Dragon and, th and threw in a bunch of other games that kind of equal out kind of like the worth and everything. So, yeah, Double Dragon, I'm really happy to have this, so I have one or two now. Now, uh, was there a third one? I think there was. But anyway, moving on. Another one that I happened to have the manual for beforehand that was in this, a little bit more common, though, than or known, I guess, than Dragon Spirit, unless I'm just totally out of touch, is so Simon's Quest, Castlevania 2. Now, this game does get a lot of flack. For being completely different it's sort of a different entry for the series i love the castlevania series but I, this is the only one i own so far so i guess i'm just gonna have to play it and love it actually i own some for the psp don't i yes i do totally forgot about that good memory <laughs> but i guess i'll just 
Um, that's the NES fault. You're listening to the Voice of Survival Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, your host, Nate Phillips. So I genuinely, just to get back to what I was saying earlier in the show, genuinely admire you because I know that you have had real struggle and had real shit happen to you. And then I see you and you are just this plucky, happy-go-lucky, bright, friendly guy who's, you know, always looking to help his friends out, whatever he can do, you know, help however you can. And it's just, it's really a testament to your character because it's, it has to, I, I'm, I just, I want, I want to stress with the listeners here. It has to be so fucking hard to live in war for real. I, I, I'm not clearly, I go home and sleep in a nice bed and, and I don't know what that's like. I didn't do that, but you have, and you come on the other side of it and you're like, I got this. And I just love that. I think that more people need to be like you and have that mentality of just like, no, take, take your own control of everything. Right. And just do it. 150 fucking percent so let's keep going what are some more things that uh went on that were interesting in your time in iraq that you can necessarily think of so we'll go back to the one that changed so what you're talking about like mentally the stuff that that fucks you up essentially um with the death of my best friend at the time oh that one that was the this is one of the things that every once in a while you stop and you replay the last five days of of your time with that person and how you could have changed it to change the outcome of that day unfortunately he took his own life oh and um it's one of those things where like i was we did everything together Every morning we worked out for an hour and a half, and then we'd separate, you know, shower, get ready to go, and then he'd come to my chew at that time and be like, "Hey, let's go to breakfast." We go to breakfast, come back, we go to work together. Like we spent as much time as we could together. You guys were brothers, pretty much, absolutely. And he, knowing the person, I knew him outside of the military and stuff. So it was like you thought you knew who that person was. And then you really have no idea what's going on. And you have no no control of the struggle. But when you look at, like, at the time I was going through a rough time and I was was more focused on something that now when I look at it, I should have never even focused any energy on at all. Totally. Not on him. And when you replay that back, it's like, it's hard to not blame yourself where the signs were like, Hey, you know, I need to talk to you about something important, but you're wrapped up in your stuff. Well, and I mean, that's, I totally understand what you're saying there because it's the, it's the cry for help. But when you're crying for help too, yep, it's impossible. It, it, it is uh, kryptonite to kryptonite. You, it, you can't do it. Because if they're wallowing in their thing and then you're wallowing in your thing, you're, you could t- totally just give really destructive advice to continue upon this. I feel like what you just told me about your friend, I, I did not know. And that's very unfortunate. 
Uh, that happened while you guys were over there. Yes. Okay, so then that brings me to my next thing is it kind of helps me to see more of who you are because I feel like, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, that moment changes you and also gives you another chance to self-reflect. Yes. Like, what am I doing? What is my shit about? What is important to me now? Right. And then you go, what if I was on that path? What can I do to not be on that path? And it changed you. So in all of that, I mean, how does, how does something like that, because it didn't just affect you, because you were with a group of people, I'm guessing. Right. So that just is like a, a real blow to the whole morale of everything. Yeah. Oh, man. I just, I, I can't even, ugh, it just makes me feel sad and really not happy for you. you yeah, know? I mean, it's... I say this, and it sounds bad. It is what it is. You have to take life with what it gives you and, and do the best you can with it. That's basically the, the gist of it. Everybody's heard the story before, but when it happens, you know, everybody says that, and they're like, yeah, you know, life's tough. You just got to deal with it. But when it happens to you, and it's right there in front of you, and you know that you could have made been the hand to change the direction of the path that was taken, because I had kind of known that he had had struggles before. Okay. And, you know, he kind of briefly told me about him, but it was kind of like, you know, it's a moment of low, you know, that would never happen again, blah, blah, blah. So you don't think about it because you know this person, you've known this person for, let's say, five years. Yeah. You know, you spent a lot of time with him. And this happened, you know, six, seven years ago before you guys even met. So you don't think about it. You think, this is a person I know now. Absolutely. So when you go through it, it's it's hard to, like sitting here talking about it, it's hard to not play back everything. Totally. And it's not like it's, it's you just remember every detail, the smell, the taste, everything about that moment will never go away. The, the hardest part is finding some type of solace in it essentially like some something positives that come out of this there's nothing positive about death but it's what happened is it changed my view of of everything it gave like, you an option at new life right really, you know? and it, it it made me think that you know i spent too much time with myself and not others so one of my things to change that path was is that i will never be selfish again it will be i care more about my friends than i do myself because if i lift them up they lift me up Bingo. So uh, before it was, you know, what can I do for me? Let's go do this. It's all about me. And at that moment, every one of my personal views changed oh. within within seconds. Because you think about when something like that happens. It's hard to not talk, think about it, not talk about it. it it's just, it's just one of those things that is is there with you forever. It's unavoidable. And. You always analyze stuff. That's the human brain. You always analyze what could have been, what should have been, mm-hmm. but it's what you take out of it that that's the most important thing. Yes, exactly. So what I like I said, what I try to take out of it is is that I felt like I didn't spend enough time with him. I didn't focus more on my friends. So that's what I do now. Like it it, it sucks <laughs> sometimes, but. You you have to in me it's it's spending time with you guys and yeah. and doing stuff. Well, and it's it's allowed you and afforded you an opportunity to now not take moments for granted. Right. If an opportunity and a moment presents itself that you know is a once in a lifetime thing, you really go, 
no, there's really nothing more worth it than for me and my friends or me and the missus right. or whoever to experience this once in a lifetime thing. And I think that's great. So let's flip it on the other side because I want to start to kind of build yeah. this towards. It's really interesting. I was just like reflecting while you were speaking. This is the most survivalist episode I've ever done of the Voice of Survival because <laughs> you're like really telling people really good nuggets of information to better themselves in in dealing with mental struggles. It's a very real thing that um, plagues a lot of people, you know, and, and so it's good to hear. So now we're going to kind of just sort of shift gears here and let me know if we need to go back and talk more about what's happening while you're on your deployment. But I want to talk about adjusting to civilian life on the other side of your deployments. And how long between your two deployments did you have to kind of be off, if that's the word you use? And then, of course, after your last deployment, what was it like adjusting to not being in that thing that is war? So the first time was... It wasn't, I say it wasn't as bad, but you know, that was when like people were getting shot at, as you say, you go numb to these things and it doesn't really bother you as much anymore. But the first deployment, I drank a lot. Okay. A lot, a lot when I came back and like a lot. (laughs) I don't know how else. You were trying to escape. It was trying to escape some of the stuff that happened. Totally. And... It was hard to adjust to no structure because when you're in the military, you have everything structured down from the top down. So, kind of sounds stupid, but it's thinking on thinking for yourself essentially. Yeah, I mean, like you, you have to make your choice of like, okay, I need to buy a new vehicle or or, or get an apartment and stuff like that. You know, over there, you don't have to think about that. It's even in the military, you don't have to think about that at all. It's just, hey, you have a place to live. Just do your job. That, that's all it is. So now you're you're going through of like dealing with other people that don't have the same mentality as you because everybody in the military kind of has the same mentality. Like everybody grasps the concept of like what needs to be done without saying it because they've already been taught this is your job. It. Correct. This, this is your job. You need to do your job. And then coming into the civilian life and you get people that just don't want to do their jobs and they're they're bogging everybody down. It's time for Brews with Dudes. Ah, juicy. We play uh we play uh Dungeons and Dragons a little bit um with a couple of friends of ours. Um, Quite a few people who have been on Brews with Dudes have played uh, D&D with us. It's a, it's a big thing. In fact, this in, most of this entire episode, we just brought in a new character, but up until this last session, this entire episode is one of our D&D campaigns. Yes, uh, it is. Alan here is our dungeon master, and me, Zach, and Nick are, are running through dungeons killing people. Lots of killing. Um, lots of elves. And lots of NPCs that die off. Yeah, we're really bad uh, at killing off. Those kind of those kind of what I wanted to actually bring up is uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of characters that uh, just die throughout the story. Like we had a we had a warlock at one point um, who managed to fall into a scythe trap, and I remember I got really psyched out because it happened quick. I made, but the thing is, is I like kind of just made that up, and we got past the point that I was recording or uh, recording down like what was actually going down and taking notes about it. 
And then there was another door with another trap that got triggered, and it was the same trap. Yeah, we're we're really bad about like people want to join the party, and and we were initially it was just the three of us. So whenever someone new tries to join the party, we're like, well, you're gonna lead the way then, because if there's anything up there that's gonna fuck us up, we're gonna let you get fucked, not us, because you're nope. just you're the you're the extra guy. So not doing we it. We really need to get some more more game going. We talked about doing a special edition of Brews with Dudes that was like, uh, like. Something like a Drunks and Dragons, something like that. Could you so imagine? That I might would be, totally that might be do in the that. future, guys. So pay attention for that. I also came up with an idea. Do you guys remember when we went on the Buckethead bus to Indy? And we did 100 beers on the wall, and we tried to get everyone on the bus to drink 100 beers? I remember I threw up after the first beer. I won't I, disclose why. I want to do a Bruise with Dudes where we get enough people to do 100 bottles of beer on the wall and see if we can slam 100 beers. In That'd, one be show. That'd be great. That'd be great. A hundred um, beers in one hour. That would be impressive. We'd have to get the research department on what beers wouldn't fucking kill us. hundred beers in an hour. God we damn. Might be number of beers, we can do two hours. Number, of, number, two of hours. Beers, number of beers versus number of people. Like, you have to have that right ratio. Nope. It's 100 beers. We have to get enough people. We have well, to get yeah. enough people. But it has to be a hundred beers on the wall because we have to sing every now and again. A hundred bottles of beer on the wall. A hundred bottles of beer. Yeah. You take one down, down you pass it around. around. Hey, hey, bottles of beer hey, on the wall. Hey, We're hey. going to do that way more often than we need to. Um, so so you're it's a, talking... It's a, it's a work in progress. I still got to get it passed by the creative department, which is only really staffed by myself at the moment. So you got to imagine <laughs> when, when it gets down to like 24 beers... It's going to be like, 24 beers and bottles and his beer. 25 beers. My, my, yeah. my beer at the wall. Yeah. That's, that's pretty much what I imagine the end of the episode is going to be like. So b- b- before we get to that point, just drinking these four beers, we got to do the classic end of episode, pick your favorite beer of the night. Um, I'm going to toss it off to Zach first. Um, what do you think, man? We got we got a couple good ones from Dirty Bowl. We got a couple good boys from Mason Aleworks. What are you thinking about it? Um, honestly, I'm still sitting on this last one, but the Mason Aleworks, it mm. probably has it for the for the top for me. Which which one? There's two. Um, Glyshot Ale. Mmm. Mmm. That one was an ass kicker. It was it was a pretty it was a pretty heavy one. That was good. I liked it too. I didn't. I, I like every single beer. It's just honestly, man, I probably wouldn't have drank all four of them in a row. <laughs> yeah, right. So quite uh, the ass kicker. Yeah, we didn't really. Every single one was really kicking you in the ass. So, so Brett, uh, it looks like AJ's actually ready. AJ looks like he's really wanting to tell us his favorite. What do you yeah, say? honestly, honestly, okay. So, my favorite uh, at this point is probably the White Stout. The white stout was super, it was super creamy, it was super just thick, just great, like, taste, and just, it was, it was absolutely perfect. That was honestly just, like, ten points to fucking Griffin Puff on that one. To, to Bruising Dude, the newest house, Bruising Dude. Ten thousand points to Bruising Dudes! Ten thousand points! Brett, tell us, lay it down. Um, it's, it's a little difficult. I've, I've usually been an IPA guy and the Lysot went down so easy. Um, but becoming more of a stout fan, uh, I've, I, it's a close tie 
And as AJ just said, the white stout. The white stout is just a shy hair under the vanilla cash for me. Mm. The vanilla cash is just so so thick and smooth. It tastes like I'm 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 drinking a nice black coffee that you stirred with a, a with a couple of vanilla beans in it. Like it just mm. it's so mm. fucking good. Um, yeah, I'm glad this is the last beer we're drinking because I get to <laughs> sit and savor it. And it's it's really hitting my palate really well. It's something I love. I it, like it. It's definitely a good one to end the night on. It's a it's it's a big boy, um, but it's not too bad. It's not it's not uh, it's not too bad at all. I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with with, uh, with my buddy AJ over there and say that the white white stout is my favorite of the night. It was just so so creamy. So so it tasted so much like just cold brewed coffee it was exactly what i wanted although i really really did really like this uh uh the vanilla cash that we're drinking right now and then i really like the rice ipa the lysol but then the lysol was the like i said it's the lightest 11 percent beer that i've ever drank it's the it's the best tasting 11 percent beer i've ever had because it's so easy to go down so these were all amazing but i'm going to give it i'm going to give it to the white stout for number one from Dirty Bow, but the thing is, is uh, we're gonna be, we're gonna be watching Star Wars uh, relatively soon. Like it's very soon, within an, within an hour and a half. Within about yeah, within about an hour, within about an hour now. Uh, is uh all, much is excites almost is almost about an hour away. So uh, we're pretty excited and stuff, but now we're gonna have to like kind of like sober up a little bit. I feel I'm gonna I, try and sober up a little bit because I'm pretty I'm pretty like not okay right now. Your host Nick Maxson is doing just fine, and he's going to go enjoy Star Wars Episode up, Eight: The Last Jedi. I mean, I'm with going no doing... problems whatsoever. I can guarantee you that. My goodness, I might have one more beer before we go. If I'm being totally honest, just for shits and giggles. Just to get us in the right spot. Nick? Yes. Alan's not an alcoholic like us. I am not going to admit to to that, but I would agree that, that I've got a bigger a bigger tank than Mr. Lee Roy I can, Jenkins. I can neither confirm nor deny that I have a worse alcohol tolerance than my friends here. Girl in 6E by A.R. Tour. This is an exotic suspense novel, which aren't typically two genres that I would expect to see combined into one book. It's kind of like Dexter meets Fifty Shades of Grey, but better, maybe, because Fifty Shades of Grey is kind of trash, in my opinion. Um, but this book is about Deanna Matten, and she is a deranged, murderous psychopath. Um, however, she's completely aware of her murderous tendencies and her con- constant craving for it. Um, We learn that Diane has previously killed someone, and because of this, she has locked herself away in her apartment for three years. Um, She hasn't left once. She does not talk to people. She does everything online. Literally, she just has no human contact at all because she has a constant craving to kill whoever she meets. Um, But on top of her crazy personality that we know so far, she's also a cam girl. A extremely successful cam girl. 
And if you don't know what that is, Google is now your friend. Um, but we get to explore her world and watch her break every rule that she has placed for herself in order to save a human life. But yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed this novel. It was fast-paced. It kept me entertained enough to read it in one sitting. And I ended up giving it a 5 out of 5 stars on Goodreads, so I highly recommend it. The next book I want to talk about is A Court of Thorns and Roses by Sarah J. Mess. This book is a retelling of Beauty and the Beast combined with fairy folklore, and it makes for an excellent story. Um, we have our main character, Feyre, and she is basically... She's been supporting her family since her mother passed away. She earns money, she does hunting, and you get the idea. Her family doesn't really do anything, she just does all the work. Um, but one day when Feyre is out hunting, she ends up shooting this massive wolf, which she thinks is a fairy, but she isn't completely sure. Um, turns out that it is. Um, so fairies end up coming to her house, so she now has to pay the price for taking the life of a fairy. So she now has to live in their kingdom for the rest of her life. She can never see her family again. Um, but since this is a Beauty and the Beast retelling, she ends up realizing that fairies are not the demons that everyone makes them out to be, and it ends up getting more complex from there, but I'm not going to go into all of that. Um, Sarah J. Mass does a fantastic job at creating her characters in this, just like she always does, um, and the world is amazing. It's completely different than Throne of Glass, so it was really interesting to see just how different her worlds can be. Um, I gave this book a 5 out of 5 on Goodreads, and obviously I recommend it because it's on this list. Next, we have The Woman in Cabin 10 by Ruth Ware. This book follows our main character, Lo, who is a travel journalist, and her boss ends up falling sick, so she gets landed with this job to go on this unbelievably luxurious cruise ship called the Aurora. Everything is going well until she is up late one night and she ends up hearing a woman being thrown overboard, so she ends up calling everyone on the cruise ship to investigate. But there aren't any passengers or crew members that are missing, so everybody just thinks she's crazy, but she knows what she heard, so we get to see her hunt answers as to who the woman is and why they were thrown overboard. I gave this book a 5 out of 5 on Goodreads also. You'll have to excuse my dog in the background. He likes to find the loudest toys and squeak them when it is very inconvenient because he thinks he's a part of everything and the center of attention. 